Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Uh, I've shared with you a little bit about my discipleship experience. Um, We've talked a little bit about how Jesus discipled, and we're going to really be delving into those things a lot more. But today, we're going to be talking specifically about what is discipleship? How do we define what discipleship is? Now, I want you to get a copy of my book, um, Discipleship from Information to Execution. Um, And the the, the book will go into a lot of details of some of the things that I'm discussing with you throughout this entire series. So the book is available on Amazon. You can go to my website. It also comes with a study guide to help you take it to a next level to really personalize some of the information that's in the book and turn it into action to execute that information in your own life. So as we're getting started, I think it's important for us to understand that sometimes our existing understanding of a particular concept will keep us from embracing a new idea or embracing a new um, way of looking at something. Um, In John chapter 9, when Jesus heals the blind man, uh, the Pharisees come and they start questioning him. And at the very end, he, he tries to explain to them the ways, the new ways of the new covenant and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are so stuck in their thinking they already know that they're unable to receive the idea of the new covenant. And so Jesus says this, because you claim you can see, you shall remain blind. And I say that because it's so important that sometimes when we're being presented with a topic, Uh, that we not become so dogmatic or really feel like I already have an understanding of this entire topic. Therefore, I don't need or I remain blind to receiving um, a new understanding or more understanding about a topic. So I say that because we're going to talk first about what discipleship is not. So typically when we're looking at discipleship, Uh, What we uh, see is uh, small group uh, classes, Sunday school classes, sometimes we call them uh, life groups, life classes, um, Bible studies. Um, and, And I mentioned in the last episode that while these are all really good things, Um, They do not encompass the entire idea of discipleship. Now, that being said, uh, they can cultivate discipleship. In fact, if we were to talk to church leaders, my guess is most of them would say the class in and of itself is not supposed to be the discipleship program. The class in and of itself is supposed to cultivate an atmosphere where discipleship can begin to happen. Because we have talked so many times already about how discipleship requires relationship, uh, I'm assuming that a lot of times that is part of the purpose of Sunday school classes, small group classes, life classes, Bible studies, all of these things, is that not only do we want to teach you or give you information about Uh, Christianity, about what the Bible says, but we're also hoping to cultivate an atmosphere where relationships can begin to take place. So we see a lot of large churches doing like home groups, small groups, and they're trying to cultivate an atmosphere where discipleship can take place. 
But to say that the class in and of itself or the study in and of itself is discipleship is incomplete. That is not what discipleship is. So again, discipleship is not just about giving and getting information, but rather it is about a relationship. So what is discipleship? Let's take a look at the word disciple in the Greek. So in the New Testament, the original language comes from the Greek uh, Greek language. And so it comes from the word methes, which means a learner. Um, and the implication, it's, it's a learner or one who follows a teaching. And the implication is that the learner is imitating a particular person. Um, so what we learn from that is it's, again, is more than just gaining or learning information, but rather you're actually imitating the teacher. So in the scriptures where that word discipleship, it's the ability, you're talking about a disciple, methes is somebody who is actually imitating a teacher. There's really nothing said in there about gaining information or passing information or accumulating knowledge. It's more about having somebody live a life of demonstration and you're watching them. So this means the mentor or the teacher must live a life that is filled more with than more than just knowledge. They must live a life of demonstration worthy of imitation is what Paul says. So per, uh, let me give you a personal testimony of the house meetings. Um, so I do these house meetings and the reason why these house meetings started is because so many people were like, can you teach and train us how to minister healing and deliverance? Um, well, I can't teach and train that. I can, I can teach and train to a particular level as far as giving you information. What does the Bible say about it? What does this mean? How did Jesus do it? But at some point I have to say, now let me demonstrate what that looks like. So what I have found is it's more effective for me to teach and train healing and deliverance as I'm actually ministering and demonstrating under the anointing of how do I even prophecy? How do I know what's being said right now? Let me tell you what's going on in my mind. The Lord showed me this. So I'm actually teaching and training people in the audience um, as I'm ministering to a particular person. And so I let people like, hey, is somebody willing to come up? Let me minister to you for the purpose of teaching and training. And it has become so effective where people are actually learning because I'm teaching and training through demonstration. So I, I want to know what does this information look like? So if I say, well, healing looks like laying your hands on somebody and waiting for the Holy Spirit to reveal what is the root of, um, of their brokenness or their bitterness and what versus now let me show you what this looks like. So can I get a volunteer basically is what I'll say. If somebody comes up, I wait on the Holy Spirit and I just, I, I let the audience and I'm saying audience, the people in the room, I let them in on what is the Holy Spirit saying to me and how do I know what to do next? How do I sense what the Spirit is saying to me? And so I'm actually teaching and then training them while I'm demonstrating. So this, this is the very core of salvation. I mean, uh, God didn't just give us information about his love. He demonstrated his love. Um, Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it's interesting because that, that Greek word demonstrate 
actually means to place together or to bring together. In other words, God's love lined up with his action. Um, so there was no disconnect be behind the idea of love or the information or the concept of love and what was being demonstrated. So his love was proved through action. So this is where I want to challenge you and ask you, is what you say you believe proved through the way you live your life? Um, if I say I believe God uses his people uh, to manifest healing, do you see evidence of that in my life, going back to those house meetings? Another example is if I say I believe that God has put his joy in my heart and that I'm designed to live with the fullness of the joy of the kingdom within me, do I demonstrate that? Does it line up? Um, is there evidence in my life that is more than just an idea, but you can actually see that demonstrated in my life? In James 1, and 25, all the way through 25, it says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For if he observes himself, goes away, and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forget a forgetful hearer, but is a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So many things, again, get the book because I go into great detail in this passage and what we're learning about the importance of putting into action information that we're getting. So just to keep this all tied in to why are we talking about discipleship and what is the importance? Um, we're talking about discipleship requires activity and demonstration. Hearing but never doing a life is self-deceiving. It is in the doing of the word that we prove who we really are, not just to the people around us, but to ourselves as well. It's the act of being who we are is how we prove to our own mind in a moment. It's how I prove to how I'm feeling in a moment. I'm proving to my emotions, no emotions. You are saying depression, but I'm putting into action the joy of the kingdom. And so I'm proving to myself that even though I feel depression, I am a woman of joy because I'm a child of God. Come on. This is the whole point of a lot of these prayer de um, demonstrations that I do where I'm declaring what is true, not what I'm feeling. We must move beyond knowledge and into wisdom, meaning I can take the information that I have about who I am and I can apply it in a moment and I can be that person. That's why James chapter two says that your faith without a work is dead. You can have knowledge, but if it is not demonstrated in the way that you live your life, then what is the point? I can say that God has filled me with the fullness of joy, but if it's not demonstrated in my life, then what is the point of that joy? I can say that God has given me the authority and the power to minister healing to people in around me, but if I'm not evidence, if I'm not living a life of, of evidence and I'm not demonstrating that, then what is the point of that power? What is the point of even that um, idea or that concept? So, the act of being who we really are is proven in our own mind and to our own emotions and to the devil uh, when I put into action all the information that I have. 
So let's talk a little bit more. Let's bring this back around to discipleship and the idea of moving beyond just gaining information. So let me give you an, uh, um, an example. If I am going to have heart surgery and I go to a heart surgeon that says, look, I've never actually done heart surgery, um, but I've read all about it and I've been studying it for the last five or six years. And they might even take it a next, uh, a next step and say, and I've watched people do it, but I've not actually done it. That's probably not the heart surgeon I'm going to pick. And so I'm saying this to say there is a see one, do one, teach one concept that our world has adopted. Um, it's a concept that we see in a lot of occupations, whether it's uh, a lawyer or teachers in the education, education field and the medical profession. Um, we see this see one, do one, teach one where there's this time of actually gaining information, seeing it, gaining information, seeing it being done, um, and then doing it under observation. And then the ability to teach it is when they know they have mastered the skill. Um, that's the heart surgeon I want. That's the teacher I want teaching my kids, the one that's had a year of internship, and then they've had somebody observing them, and then they can turn around and they have uh, people sitting in their class and they're now teaching education. Same thing with that's the lawyer I want representing me is the one who's gone through tons of internship and has been discipled under a master attorney or a master lawyer or a Someone that's been trained under a master heart surgeon who's had that person watching them do it and now they can turn around and teach that same heart surgery. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I'm looking for in the kingdom. I'm looking for people who are teaching by more than just giving them information in a setting. But then we're saying, okay, come and watch what I do. Now I want to watch you do it. Now go and teach it. And we're going to be watching, looking for that uh, looking at that model that's kind of done in the scriptures in the next episode. So hang in there. But for today, uh, one of the, one of the de uh, definitions of discipleship um, that I love is this. Discipleship is the intensely personal activity of two or more people helping each other experience a growing relationship with God. Discipleship is the intensely personal activity. That word activity means the state of being active. It means energetic action or movement, a liveliness. This sounds very different than how we typically define discipleship. It requires an active engagement, a getting in there, being lively, engaging with your disciple, really um, having activity, uh, doing all the things. So, so listen, let's, let's, <sighs> Let's sum all this up by saying uh, discipleship requires activity and demonstration. It requires giving the learner, the methodist, something to imitate. We're going to be talking about like, who do I need to be as a Paul, as the mentor? And, and, and what does it mean for me as a Timothy, meaning as the disciple? We're going to be going down all of those different paths. I'm also going to be bringing on some guests and doing some um, guest episodes where you get to, I'm going to be bringing in one of my disciples and I'm going to be bringing in somebody who is, uh, who disciples young people and really getting to hear their experience and their thoughts on discipleship. But it is more than a verbal ministry. Let me sum up with this. In Luke chapter 10, 27, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I want us to think about more than a verbal ministry means I'm going to love people with my strength. 
meaning there can be a physical engagement. I'm willing to actually engage actively with those I am discipling. Okay, this is more than just evangelism. Evangelism is in a moment, but the Bible doesn't say go and make, go evangelize. It says go and make disciples. So I need to be really willing to say, okay, am I at a place where I can actually engage with people? And I, I feel like I would rather engage with one or two people and really take them under my belt, take them with me, engage with them, let them be a part of my life, let them imitate my life. Um, then to really just spread myself super thin and be ineffective and not able to totally um, bring somebody under my wing, for lack of a better term, none completely. And so I wanted to challenge you today with really taking a look at what is discipleship. I'm so excited about this entire series as we continue to move down this path and really kind of tear apart what is discipleship. Uh, in the next episode, we'll be taking a look at how did Jesus disciple. Uh, we'll also be looking at the biblical model, and I say that kind of in quotes. And we're going to be talking about what is the goal of discipleship, like what are we trying to accomplish, what's the purpose here. And then, like I said, we're going to also have some guests coming on. We're going to be talking about discipleship uh, with somebody I have discipled for years, um, and then um, also somebody who has discipled other people. So... This sums up today's episode where we're taking a look at what is discipleship. Don't forget to get a copy of the book, Discipleship from Information to Execution. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.